0: The word from the Moody Blues album In Search of the Lost Court. This garden universe vibrates complete. Some may get a sound so sweet. Vibrations reach on up to become light, and then through gamma out of sight. Between the eyes and ears there lay the sounds of color and the light of a sigh. And to hear the sun, what a thing to believe. But it's all around if we could but perceive. To know ultraviolet, infrared, and x-rays, beauty to find in so many ways. Two notes of the chord, that's our full scope. But to reach the chord is our life's hope. And to name the chord is important to some. So they give a word. And the word
1: is Om. I'd like to start off this morning um, with a little bit of a meditation. So I'd invite you to close your eyes, put your feet squarely on the floor, take a couple of deep breaths. about the busyness of getting here and be fully present here. Relax, it's Aspen. Aum. When you open yourself to the vibration of Aum, you'll feel yourself grounded not into the earth, but into the cosmos that surrounds you. Just like a raindrop dissolves into the ocean once it has touched the surface, Once you feel the sound resonate in your throat, you will feel the barriers that separate you from the ocean of love that is all around you disappear. Think of the things you can see. Now think of the things you cannot see. Wi-Fi signals, Cell phone transmissions, Aspen public radio, broadcast television, ultraviolet, infrared and x-rays, it's all around, if you could but perceive. We're all part of this, connected through this energy. If you feel comfortable, join me and finish with an Aum. A-O-M. Open your eyes. When Nicholas asked me to give this message uh, about six weeks ago, I asked him how long the message should be, and he said, oh, about 20 minutes. So I said, great, I'll start with a five-minute guided meditation. We'll finish off with a 15-minute silent meditation. <laughs> I thought, oh, I can do this. I've, I've given messages a few times before, um, and I thought, visualize like Cynthia Bourgeau last week just standing out here with wisdom just flowing from her. And I thought, I can do that. I can be out here. And then I started looking at what I wanted to say, and I go, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so I'm back to the, uh, to the script here. Um, the message is we are all one. We are one. And the things I wanted to talk about are there's more than meets the eye. Knowledge and wisdom are in the ether. And having a relationship with God does not require a religion. Where do I start? I thought of the wall hanging. I don't know how many times you've looked at that and wondered, well, what does that mean to me? Um... I look at the threes. There are lots of threes. Ron James used to say, if you remember Ron James, there are three things that you should talk about on a, a morning message. Uh, Greg Anderson said, there are three three messages that the minister gives every Sunday. The one that he gives, the one that the people hear, and the one that he thought he gave. <laughs> so as I look at this, I see a lot of, you know, three circles that are seemingly unconnected. And I thought about, like, my Facebook friends during uh, the election cycle and how you're reinforced by the group of people that you hang out with, whether it's online or socially, and that apparently there's no Venn diagram, there's no intersection of those, of those circles. Um, my brother and his family our Trump supporters. And um, I joined in on some of their, uh, their conversations and the um, <laughs> once in a while somebody would say, is he related to you? But you can see that although you have three circles that are unrelated and you can't sense a connection, that really they're all part of one big circle. And that's, that's really what we are. We, we, we think we're separated, we think we're isolated, so we're really all part of the whole, and that which unites us is good, and that which divides us is not. There are many names to refer to the divine, and these names transcend religions. God replied to Moses, "I am who I am." Say this to the people of Israel, Exodus 3:14. "I am what I am, and that's all that I am." Popeye the Sailor Man. I'll just use the word God to refer to what the moody blues say is all around, if you could but perceive. God is ineffable. That should be the end of the story. Ineffable means to be incapable of being expressed in words. Indescribable as an ineffable joy. Not to be uttered. Taboo, as in the ineffable name of Jehovah. Psalm 147 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars, and he gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. If God is ineffable, Why are there libraries full of books attempting to explain, define, and classify God? If the most brilliant theologians for millennia have been writing about and attempting to explain God, who am I and why am I here? If God is ineffable, why are there hundreds of religions claiming to have the true meaning of God? What are religions and do we need them? A definition of religion is a cultural system of behaviors and practices, worldviews, sacred texts, holy places, ethics, and societal organization. So religions are really social. They're for groups of people. Some people need a religion to tell them how to experience God. For many, the sole connection, the only connection, is through a religion. And that's fine for them. I do not think that you need an organized religion to connect to God. Our practices, meditations, prayers, rituals such as communion, yoga, and exercise can be in our connections and conduits to the divine. Skiing 15 inches of powder on a blue bird day is a connection to the divine. Anybody do that? Yeah. Some call this worshiping the church of the blue dome of nature, of being in the presence of the divine. Music and song lyrics are conduits. The moody blues have helped me make a connection for decades. Bach may do it for you or handle. I'm a heretic, one who descends from the accepted belief or doctrine, a nonconformist. The non-heretic is mostly used in a religious context to talk about someone whose actions or beliefs act against the laws, rules, or beliefs of some specific religion. Are there any other heretics here? Long before Trump had his red hats, we had our Aspen Heretical Society hats. (laughs) Cynthia was here last week. She's a member of the Aspen Heretical Society. Our physical world is full of things we cannot detect through our senses. Ultrasonic sounds are above the range of human hearing. Dolphins, bats, and whales communicate and navigate in this range. Infrasound is below the human ear range. Elephants are thought to communicate in this range. Microwaves, all early Wi-Fi signals are at 2.4 gigahertz. We cannot see or hear these things, but we know they're there. We cannot sense that these things, these things, but we take them on faith. Faith is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And then this definition, I think comically, continues with the example. This restores one's face in politicians. <laughs> Ideas and wisdom cannot be seen. You can't touch an idea... You cannot purchase a pound of wisdom. Yet ideas and wisdom do exist. I believe in the ether. They can, can be tapped into. I think prophets were people that tapped into wisdom in the ether. From the beginning, all knowledge has been available to be tapped into. As mankind's consciousness expanded and the need is perceived, We tap into knowledge. Man tapped into fire and burned trees. Then we burned coal for energy. We discovered or tapped into petroleum and the internal combustion engine. More recently, we're using sun and wind as energy sources. All of this knowledge has been in the ether from the beginning. What else is in the ether? During the Age of Enlightenment, Newton, Copernicus, Galileo, among others, tapped into knowledge of the universe. As early as 400 BCE, the idea that the Earth was not the center of the universe was expressed. Over 1900 years later, the idea caught on when Copernicus published On the Revolutions of the Celestial Spheres. Copernicus and Galileo were sinners and the church labeled them heretics because their works preached that the Bible was wrong. Their works were added to the Index of Prohibitive Books. Thank you, Google. <laughs> Never heard of that one before. Uh, I suggest that the Bible was a product of humans with a consciousness and scientific knowledge of the time. As more complete understanding of the natural world entered the consciousness, of mankind, our worldviews changed. It contradicted the expressions of the natural world and the Bible, thus the schism of science and religion. If you believe in science, are you a heretic? Quantum physics says that energy and matter randomly change states. The string theory is even smaller and supposedly closer to a unified understanding of the universe. Uh, This stuff is beyond my understanding, but Wiki tells me that in physics, string theory is a theoretical framework in which the point-like particles of particle physics are replaced by one-dimensional objects called strings. It describes how these strings propagate through space and interact with each other. On distance scales larger than the string scale, a string looks like an ordinary particle, with its mass, charge, and other properties determined by its vibrational state of the string. In string theory, one of the many vibrational states of the string corresponds to, and it goes on and on and on, and for me it's Aum. The Beach Boys song Good Vibrations taps into this. The Moody Blues did it too. Great thinkers and wisdom teachers have tapped into the wisdom in the ether. Buddha and Jesus were tapped in. They tried to pass their knowledge and wisdom to us. I think we all have a divine spark within us. That spark joins us all. I think our gut feeling or intuition is that spark. I think intuition comes from your heart. I've often said that my spiritual journey is 12 inches from my mind to my heart. How often have you had a gut feeling about how to, re- to react to something? When you ignore that gut feeling, what are the results? Nicholas has said that between the stimulus and reaction, there should be a pause. That pause should allow us to react from a higher place. We should not react from the reptilian brain of fight or flight. Here's Ward's simplified history of God and Christian church. When Jesus died, the curtain from the temple was torn in two. Luke Matthew and Mark all record this. The temple curtain is what separated the dwelling of God and the Holy of Holies in the temple, and all except the high priests were separated from it. I understand the tearing of the curtain to be the destruction of that which separates us from God. As Jesus died, he made God available to everyone, not just the high priest. Fast forward to the 4th century, and Constantine declared Christianity as the official religion of the the Roman Empire. Several conferences attended by graybeards established official beliefs and institutions. The church was again between us and God. Fast forward another 1,000 years, and Martin Luther nailed 95 theses on a church door in the Protestant Reformation. Reformation was born. Indulgences were to be abandoned and abolished. Didn't take long for the church again to inject itself between us and God. I'm a happy heretic. I do not believe there's anything between me and the divine. Getting closer here. Nicholas always likes to warn you that, it's, that the end is coming. <laughs> uh, I'm a pseudo-mystic. I do not think that a mystic is someone that has experienced an ecstatic event or has seen a great light or has been spoken to by the I am. I feel we all have a direct relationship with the divine. One definition of a mystic that I came across is a person who seeks by contemplation and self-surrender to obtain unity with or absorption into the deity or the absolute or who believes in the spiritual apprehension of truths that are beyond the intellect. Are we mystics? Here's some excerpts from a website I found by Kara Herbert. Unlike Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, mysticism is not routed are rooted in faith, principle, dogma, or even belief. This is because you do not believe in mysticism. Instead, mystics are born. You might be a mystic if you believe, if your values, uh, uh, excuse me, you value experiences above all else. Mystics tend to steer clear of strict doctrines and principles. Because of their inner intuition, they have a high level of trust in your in their own morality and inner self. You question existence. Because of the highlighted senses, mystics have a natural curiosity about the spiritual and physical world. You value intuition, their intuitive perceptions of a deeper form of insight. Mystics trust in their own intuition and value similar intuitive traits in others. You're uncomfortable with spiritual hierarchies. Tenuous rituals or traditions have no place in the world of spirituality for mystics. They do not believe that there's only one path or correct way to experience divinity. You have your own set of rules. Mystics feel a connection to every living thing and therefore are able to look beyond what may be socially accepted. Mystics have an innate trust in their own morality and intuition and are guided by their experience rather than leaders or society. This can often make them spiritual or even political rebels. You you value internal growth. Mystics feel that personal growth towards the universe's ultimate plan must come from within. You believe love is a source of life. The people and experiences that we love in our lives are merely a small reflection of larger, all-encompassing love. Love is not something that originates in you. Rather, it is something that flows through you and every other being. You don't know everything. And you don't think you know everything. Mystics acknowledge that the universe is infinite and mysterious and is far too complex for the human mind to fully comprehend. Mystics enjoy reaching out, learning new things, and hearing new perspectives. In conclusion, we're all brothers and sisters in this garden universe that vibrates complete. The Bible tells us that we came from the Garden of Eden. Johnny Mitchell said, We are stardust, billion-year-old carbon. We are golden. We've got to get back. We've got to get to ourselves, back to the Garden. The universal cosmic Garden is where we are all one. We are there already. We just don't know it. That which separates us is an illusion. Thank you. Now comes a time in the service where you can dig deeply. (laughs) And if you're watching online, Nicholas would remind you that there's a donate button on the side of the uh, uh, site. So please give so we can keep the lights on and get Nicholas back here.